Whether you're a first-time poultry owner or looking to expand your flock, you can always use some helpful advice. Blaine's Farm and Fleet's got you covered. With great info and products to help raise healthy birds in-store or online at farmandfleet.com forward slash chick days. The Holstein Association just came out with some interesting research, and we got to find out more during World Dairy Expo. Dr. Jeff Bewley joins us to share more. For the Midwest Farm Report, this is Carrie Mess. Jeff, tell me more about this research. So we look at a comparison between classification scores and production metrics. We looked at how long cows live, how much they milk in their lifetime, how much they milk in their first lactation and somatic cell score to see what the relationships were between between confirmation and production metrics or metrics of economic interest. So we're here, you know, at World Dairy Expo, and there's a lot of beautiful cows out in that barn. So putting this in layman terms, you're saying, can the pretty cows do as good of a job? I think that the the right way to say it is that the functionally correct cows do a better job. So when we divided this, we weren't interested in saying that the, the show winner does the best or that the 94, 95-point cow does the best. We wanted to see if we think about animals that are functionally correct. So in most of our analysis, what we did was we divided the population that we worked with into four categories with equal number of animals per category. So we categorized, for example, for example, that top category would be animals that in their first lactation scored 82 to 89. And an 82-point cow is a really nice cow, but not a show-winning cow. So it's more about functional correctness. And I think there's a lot of confusion in the industry about that. That type means pretty fancy cow. And there's a great role for those animals too, but type really is about creating an animal that's confirmationally and functionally correct. That's what we're showing in, in the data set here is that with animals that, that scored higher at their first score in the first lactation, they perform better in their lifetime. How many cows did you look at in this study? In the final data set that was used to analyze this data, there are about a million cows in that data set. So it's a, it's a really large data set. This isn't just 50 cows in one herd. There's, there's about a million cows in a were 5,500 herd. With that many cows, clearly you're hitting every type of housing, every type of feeding, every type of management, because it's it's truly a huge amount of cows. A huge data set, and within that, we also were very careful to try to make sure that we weren't bringing in animals for some, that could be argued there was some preferential treatment. So one of the things that we did was that in order for a cow to remain in the data set, she had to be one of five cows that calved in a herd in a year in a season for that particular herd. And so that's just to make sure that there are enough herd mates that were contemporaries to that animal to do a comparison. So every comparison, the statistics were run in a way to account for the effect of herd. And this really sets it to where there's not opportunity that we're not looking at animals that are preferentially treated here. In fact, when you paint that kind of restriction on the data set, most of the animals in, in the study would have been in herds that were 200 cows or larger. We're looking at the study, and, and you and I did a kind of a brief overview of some of the data that came out of it, and it was pretty interesting. You said that your average cow in this study, the highest scoring lasted an extra 240 days in the herd? The highest quartile of animals, the top 25% of animals for classification score, they lasted about 240 days in milk longer, and they produced about 13,000 more pounds of energy-corrected milk in their lifetime. So these animals that, that have a higher score last longer, and they produce more milk during 
that lifetime. Again, it's not necessarily the, the pretty show cows that are doing this. It's the functionally correct herds in really pretty much commercial type of herd. You also looked at pounds of milk energy corrected across that same quartile, right? Right. So like on a lifetime basis, there's about 13,000 pounds difference between the top quartile and the bottom quartile. And we looked just at the first lactation animals within energy corrected milk. There's over 2,000 pounds difference in the in the first lactation. And so one of the things I think that's interesting about this data set too, in, in our study, we present sort of these big picture type of analyses, but we've looked at a lot of breakdowns within that. And on our website, Holstein.com slash type matters, you can actually look up all the graphs and all the comparisons that we've done. They're on the website, but we can compare different traits and see which traits are most important. And not surprisingly, the traits that were the most important were really mostly utter trait. Utter traits really come to the top of every analysis. Some of the feet and leg traits come to the top of every analysis. And, and dairy strength or dairy form, indicating that the animal really needs to look like a dairy animal, also comes. There's some traits that probably didn't contribute so much to the to the metrics that we looked at. I think the most important thing is to focus on the on the udder and the feet and legs and how important that having those things correct is to building the kind of cow that will last a long time and produce a lot of high component milk in her lifetime because that helps her make a more profitable animal. And I think that as we continue to focus more on, on issues related to sustainability, that we need to think about breeding animals and managing animals so that they do last longer. I think that's important for the economics of the farm, but it's also important for the perception of our dairy industry. Absolutely. Is there anything else you'd like to share from this research? I, I was a little bit surprised at the magnitude of some of these differences. I actually grew up on a, on a gray dairy, so I wasn't familiar with some of this before I, I got into this role. I didn't expect to see as dramatic a differences as what, what we saw, but it really does demonstrate that as we think about breeding the cow for the future for individual herds, that we should factor in the functional traits to, to build the type of animal that we want to see in our herds. And of course, that's that's a part of the picture, right? We also want her to, as you mentioned, the productive life, the livability, fertility, and of course, we, we always have to factor in production. That's, that's what pays the bills, but uh, it's another piece of the puzzle, and there's a value in understanding what a functionally correct animal looks like, and there's a value in, in doing classification to understand how that reflects what you have in your herd. While it may seem pretty obvious that a cow who's well put together is going to last longer than a cow with conformational defects, I think this research is really neat to see just how significant of a difference that is. Thanks, Dr. Jeff Buley, for joining us. For the Midwest Farm Report, this is Carrie Mess.